Um, and the study we're going to talk about today is the Global Business Ethics Survey, which is really the only study of its kind in our industry. It's a longitudinal cross-sectional study if there are stats fans in the, in the crowd. Um, but it is meant to be a global look at the state of ethics in workplaces around the world. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series sponsored by the Ethics and Compliance Initiative, or ECI, on the 2021 Global Business Ethics Survey. In this five-part series, I'm joined by Dr. Pat Harned, president of ECI. Since 1994, ECI has conducted the only cross-sectional study of workplace conduct from the employee's perspective. ECI's Global Business and Ethics Survey provides the only global benchmark on the state of ethics compliance in business. This year's GBES is the first compliance-related survey conducted after the global pandemic hit. Over this series, we will review the key findings, how retaliation against whistleblowers is taking an alarming term, the impact on COVID-19 on compliance, and we conclude with conclusions and recommendations. In this part three, we take up the extraordinarily troubling findings around retaliation. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again for part three in our five-part exploration of the ECI's 2021 Global Business and Ethics Survey with uh, ECI President Pat Harned. First of all, Pat, welcome back. Thanks for having me again, Tom. Great to be here. Pat, uh, today we're going to take up uh, perhaps to me the most troubling uh, finding uh, from the survey, and that is, and I'm just going to read the title of it, Retaliation Rates Have Skyrocketed. And that is not good news for any compliance practitioner, and I hope for business leaders they will understand uh, really what this means and why they need to start now to try to fix this. But maybe we could start with what did the numbers show you? The numbers this year, when we looked at the extent to which people are experiencing retaliation for reporting wrongdoing, the numbers are alarming. I mean, we have had years in the past of this this research where we have um, signaled to business leaders that they need to worry that retaliation is on the rise. But this year, it's it's worrisome. So 79% of employees who, who observed some sort of wrongdoing and reported it, experienced retaliation for having done so. Almost 80% of employees. Um, one of the things that we've talked about in this research is that when retaliation reaches levels like that, it is a, a leading indicator for significant changes that are on the horizon in terms of organizational culture, uh, the extent to which wrongdoing that's going on just continues to perpetuate. So these retaliation rates are extremely worrisome. We also saw increases globally too. So this is not just a U.S. problem. It is occurring all around the world that these numbers, the the extent to which retaliation has risen is significant. I had originally, when I read this, had envisioned the lowly uh, frontline worker who sees their boss do something, raising their hand, and then being retaliated against. But actually, the numbers show that it's uh, management is having these issues as well. So I was wondering if you could uh, kind of walk us through the percentage of employees 
uh, experience from retaliation after reporting, but really at the management level, not at the frontline level. That's exactly right. So what the, the, the higher you are in the organization, the more likely you were to say, if you observe wrongdoing and reported it, that you experience retaliation for having done so. And that is a shift. Uh, we did see in the past, the top managers were probably more likely to have experienced retaliation. Where we saw the greatest shift this time was in among middle managers. So, up, you know, in 80% of top managers, middle managers who observed wrongdoing and reported it are saying that they experienced retaliation for having done so. Again, it, and part of the other thing that we've seen in this research over the years is that the higher you are in the organization, the more likely it is that the kind of misconduct that you're observing is substantive. It's actually significant kinds of misconduct. And so to go back to an earlier point, once you start to have rates where 80% of people are saying, I tried to report, I, I experience harm for it, start to have a silencing effect. And because it's at the top levels of the organization, that means that, that going forward, the kind of wrongdoing those folks are seeing is going to perpetuate. Pat, you actually uh, broke out several different types of retaliation. And we had retaliation from uh, things as diverse as not being spoken to slash ignored being sent to the ubiquitous special projects team, actual, uh, I don't want to say physical violence, but certainly verbal abuse and even having things stolen uh, from your desk or work stolen from you. I was wondering if you could maybe walk us through that list and then we can characterize how bad we think some of these are. Sure. So there we do ask when people say, yes, I've experienced retaliation, we then follow up and say, Tell us about the nature of that, what that actually looked like. And one thing to keep in mind is that in order to actually participate in this study, you have to be employed. So the one metric that we can't measure are the percentage of people who experience retaliation in the form of actually being fired. Um, so the, of the kinds that we ask about, about a quarter of people, 25% said that other employees ignored them. So, in, you know, we talk all the time about social retaliation. That's probably what it looked like. 22% um, of people said that their supervisor ignored them. And they 18% said they were verbally abused by their supervisor. Um about 16% said that their supervisor excluded them from decisions or work activity, uh, being closed out from, from various workplace uh, teaming environments and other things. More, just about one in five, 21% said they were given a poor performance review. 16% um, said my manager excluded me. Um, and then this one to me was just surprising. 11% of employees said that they had either personal or work items stolen. Um, about 18% said they were verbally abused by other employees. 12% uh, said their property was damaged. And then 23% said they had received unfavorable work assignments. So punishment by getting the kind of work that nobody wants to do. So a wide range, uh, nevertheless, all of it, if for the people that are reporting, none of it is pleasant and certainly has a huge impact. 
So uh, could you walk us through now what you saw on your global trends? Because uh, when I, when I, once again, when I read the report, I thought, well, maybe things are a little bit better globally. And uh, to my chagrin, I found they're, they're really not. And we had some little bit better, but some fairly disturbing. That is exactly right. I'm not the bearer of good news when it comes to the global trends. Um, So where I said 79% of employees in the U.S. said they experienced retaliation, 61% globally as the median um, said that they experienced retaliation for reporting. Some of the numbers, when you look at them country by country, are equally alarming. So 90% of people in India who reported experienced retaliation. Uh, 74% in the UK, 73% in Germany. Um, So not good news. We're seeing increases, significant increases all around the world. Uh, We are going to have a concluding episode where we look at some conclusions and recommendations, but I find this set of uh, findings really so, so troubling that I really wanted to spend a little bit of time on that with you. And I wanted to start with when I look at this, I see this perhaps as uh, the greatest danger to organizational justice and organizational fairness, and that if employees think they're going to be retaliated against, first of all, I'm a believer that perception is reality. And if they think they'll be retaliated against, that can be enough. And it, is that, am I too drastic or am I too far out with that thought or, or is really the research UNEC I've done over the years bear that out or does it go in a different direction? I agree with you 100%, Tom. When when we have done studies in the past using this data to look at retaliation, one of the things we talk about a lot is that more people experience more social things. I'm, I'm ignored, I'm closed out of projects, or, you know, it's sort of softer and absolutely harder things for a company to investigate and be able to substantiate. But nevertheless, if employees believe they've been they've experienced retaliation, it doesn't matter whether it actually happened because what happens from there is that if they experience wrongdoing again, they're not going to come forward. Or if some of their colleagues experience or observe some sort of wrongdoing and go to those those folks who have experienced retaliation, they're going to be told, "Don't bother to tell management because you're only going to harm yourself." And that is one of the reasons why we have long, for a long time, talked about retaliation being a critical measure of the direction we're heading in the well-being and health of our cultures. Because once we start to see these numbers grow, we start to see people's perceptions of culture erode. Um, The other thing I'll just add is that, as I said in, in an earlier podcast, we know that some of the drivers of culture, two most important drivers are top managers and supervisors. And when you look at the nature of retaliation that's happening, um, we a lot of the types of retaliation are actually being done by top managers or supervisors. These are the folks who should be setting the tone, building the culture strength, and it appears that when it comes to reporting and retaliation, they're actually part of the problem. Uh, Pat, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us in our next episode where we take up the impact of COVID-19 on the compliance and ethics community. Pat, I look forward to continuing the conversation. 
This is Tom Fox again. We're going to link to the ECI 2021 Global Business Ethics Survey in the show notes. So take the opportunity to download it and delve further into its findings. You can reach Pat Harned through the ECI at ethics.org. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join us again for another episode in this special five-part podcast series on the ECI 2021 Global Business Ethics Survey. This podcast has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.